In this primer episode, we take a bit of a dive into our guest background, giving you a sneak peek into their origin story, as well as the challenges that they've faced and the things that drive them. If you enjoy what you hear, don't forget to listen to our main episode, which drops every Friday. And please do remember to like, subscribe, and rate us as it really helps with our discoverability. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Nothing Ventured Primer with me, Arish Shah. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Toyosi Ogadengbe. Toyosi is a principal at Ascension Ventures, an early stage VC built by exited entrepreneurs to back the next generation of tech and impact founders. Prior to Ascension, Toyosi was a VC at Speed Invest, focused on marketplaces. Toyosi, great to have you in the studio. This has been a long time coming. Really looking forward to this. Indeed. Great to be here, Arish. Excellent. So let's jump straight in. Um, so uh, for our audience, what was your first job? Oh, my first job, I was actually stacking shells at the local news agents in Dulwich. Uh, amazing. So, like, so far, I think a lot of the responses have been things like stacking shells, working at Burger King, I worked at McDonald's. I think there's something to be said for that kind of uh, very, very sort of physical uh, and sort of customer-facing almost kind of uh, job because it, it teaches you a huge amount kind of about how to deal with people, how to work to a routine, how to uh, work processes. Uh, no doubt you had had a similar experience. Or maybe you were just like uh, slogging it out and just trying to get to the end of the day. <laughs> well, to be honest, um, I did it because I needed a job. I needed money in my hey, pocket. Yeah, yeah. I was on a gap year and I was trying to get a job and it didn't happen quickly. So needed to pay the bill somehow. Yeah, no, I, uh, I hear that uh, very much so. And what did you do before you got into venture? Ooh, good question. So that's a little bit of a longer answer. Did two things. Career-wise, I was a management consultant, actually, mm -hmm. um, strategy and ops um, in a company called Bearing Point. Uh, did that for a few years. Um, and then after that, I then founded a company um, that was connecting tech companies in Africa to private investors. And it was there, really, that the love of startups really started to build. Um, and that was Creandum, was it? No. no, 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 actually. So the company that I started was called AFI, AfriFind Invest. Okay. Um, so it was kind of like a marketplace or a platform. Um, so think a little bit like crowdfunding-ish. Mm -hmm. So on the one side, you have the companies from Africa, and we'll talk about Africa later on in the podcast, I'm sure. Um, and then on the other side, you had private investors who were interested in backing, you know, high growth, um, amazing potential uh, companies in Africa. Mm -hmm. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so what was it that triggered your move into VC? So actually, before I founded the company with um, with a friend of mine, I had angel invested in two companies, uh, both in Africa at the time. One was a clean tech company out of Uganda. The other was uh, an e-commerce business out in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And both of those, I just enjoyed the process. Like, the process of liaising with entrepreneurs, helping them think through their strategies, actually backing them with capital that was going to be meaningful, no matter how small. Um, and then that dynamic of sort of like founder-investor relationship. And because I get bored easily, I didn't want to sort of build something myself for like five, ten years. I'm like, no, that's not me. I would much rather just be the person who puts money in multiple different companies um, and hence why I'm in VC. So that was really the thing that tipped it over the edge. Yeah, that I mean, like, again, uh, com completely relate to that. I'm exactly the same. I can't do the one thing, slog it out for 10 years. I, I realized that uh, <laughs> recently after having tried to launch something <laughs> and slog it out for 10 years. But anyway, that's, a, that's another story. And what would you be doing if you weren't an investor? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, 
I'd probably just be chilling out on a beach with my family. Nice. Um, doing a lot of traveling. I love traveling. Uh-huh. Actually, traveling, food, basketball, spending time with family, and just walks in the park. Somewhere where the weather's always hot. So that's probably so. So you're probably talking southern hemisphere ish. Yes. Uh, and correct. certainly not the UK. Okay. So you Definitely made you not. made the right show. Although we've been having a good run of it, so I don't want to jinx it. Let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But okay, let's talk about ascension for a second. So could you give us a bit of background about uh, ascension, uh, uh, the AUM, what stages it invests at, what uh, sectors, what geographies, minimum check size, all Absolutely. that good stuff. Absolutely. So as you said earlier, Ascension Ventures is basically a pre-seed and seed fund that was founded by exited entrepreneurs. And now we're effectively still that, um, except that it's got a bit bigger over time. It started back in 2015, maybe 2014, can't remember the actual year. Um, But essentially, AUM at the moment, on a relative scale, is small, Mm -hmm. um, but interesting things are coming. Watch this space. Excellent. Um, So first of all, AUM is 80 80 million, I think, or 85 million pounds. Um, In terms of the... Uh, industries that we back we basically back anything tech um, or tech enabled Mm -hmm. whether that's like commerce uh, fintech health tech sustainability we do quite a bit of that new media or we call it new media and a lot of that is off the back of the um, the founders uh, previous experience so they basically found a media company two of them two two of the uh, partners founded a a media company back in the day Um, and then in terms of check sizes so we do round about on average 250k checks on uh, and then and th- and this is important to say so we're kind of split into two you've got the um tax efficient side mm-hmm. and then you've got the so eis fund presumably. yeah so seis and eis right pre-seed and seed mm-hmm. but then we also have the institutional side um and we're quite different um in that regard because we're kind of like an impact fund mm-hmm. on the institutional side so what that means is trying to address um, right now, we're actually raising uh, Ascension uh, Fund 3. And so we're basically trying to address um, poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the bottom 50% of the people in the UK who are, um, or maybe even globally to mm-hmm. an extent, but largely uh, predicated on the UK, uh, we're trying to target the bottom 50%. And so any company that is building things to improve access to, let's say, energy, education, um, transport and bring the costs down mm-hmm. uh, or food etc then those are the kind of companies that we want to back now it's interesting because i don't necessarily think that profit and purpose are separated um and again we'll talk about africa in a second but i think there are some companies that are just building things that I would argue they don't really matter, or maybe maybe they do matter, but the the, the extent we, we, or the we could we could get into like fifteen minute grocery and all that sort exactly, of stuff, right? Like exactly. Interestingly, exactly. we had Zeka Len uh, on um, on the podcast recently from Resp- responsibly um, VC out in uh, he's based out in uh, Southern California, and and I had this debate with him because I've always had this kind of um, very strong opinion almost that it is very hard as a founder to be impact focused and raise from venture capital because you you potentially ultimately sacrifice either the impact or the returns, right? It's very hard to marry those two things up. But I guess, and I think this is the argument that most impact funds would make, is that if you impact uh, uh, people uh, directly and in in a massive way, then actually the returns are there. The kind of counter argument to that 
and it's only it's an n of one so you know we can we can debate whether it, it, it's valuable to talk about or not it's something like what three words where yes could be massively impactful <clears throat> but doesn't seem to have found a sustainable business model and maybe it should just be a social good rather than a than a venture um and yes we will talk more about this sort of stuff i think when we get on to to talking about africa in the main podcast um but um if you were to think about three ventures, either inside or outside the portfolio, they're really excited about, what would they be? That's a tough question. Uh, it always um, is. It always is. <laughs> um, so the the three companies I would probably just rat off straight out the bat is, or are, sorry, Farmland mm -hmm. is one. Freight Core is two. Farmland. Farmland. Yeah, I, I've way. come across them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually a... I'm cheating a little bit here, but that's actually one of our portfolio companies here at, Asc uh, at Ascension. Yeah. Um, Freight Core is yeah. the second one, um, also an Ascension portfolio company. And then the third one is actually outside of that, and it's um, it's called Matta, M-A-T-T-A. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually based out in Nigeria. Um, now, Farmland, just for everybody who's listening, is a B2B marketplace for fresh produce. Um, so think suppliers on one side, and actually the supply comes mainly from uh, North Africa, so Egypt, um, uh, and effectively you've got huge um, packer shippers mm -hmm. or exporters mm -hmm. of fresh produce, so think fruit and veg, let's make it simple, um, and then you have buyers in the likes of North America, Europe, um, GCC, and so on and so forth. And effectively what Farmland is doing is, number one, enabling those suppliers to be able to do more volume with their existing buyers. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. But also through that, the buyers are discovering more suppliers. And so eventually they're going to be able to do their whole supply chain at any point in time in the year, mm -hmm. accounting for seasonality, but still not have any dips Got it. in uh, supply. In supply. And because they yeah. have multiple different uh, suppliers from different uh, regions. And then they're enabled to do all of that through farmland. Um, and they take care of everything. Um, the logistics, the payments, the marketplace, the whole lot. Amazing. So that's Farmland. Um, freight Core is a digital freight forwarder. Now, everyone hears digital freight forwarder and they think, oh, but there are loads of those. There's Flexport, there's, um, I guess, Zen Cargo and so on. The difference with Freight Core, however, is it's really technology driven. Mm. A lot of, and this is no disrespect to the guys who've gone before us, um, a lot of digital freight forwarders, you find when you look under the hood, there's quite a large number of people. Yeah, manual processes, the, correct, ops heavy. Correct, very yeah. ops heavy. Yeah. Now, the difference is um, Freight Core is really using technology to drive, specifically at the moment, ocean freight yeah. at like 80% less people and 80% less cost. And actually, if you think about technology and what it does in industries, that's how efficiencies come, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's Freight Core. And then the last one, Matter. it's interesting, they're all sort of marketplace-y, but that says surprising. a lot about- Surprising. Yeah, surprising. <laughs> that says a lot about me as an investor, right? Um, and network effects and whatnot. So last one is Matter, and that's a B2B marketplace for chemicals, yep. based out in Nigeria, doing amazingly well. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops over time. But yeah, good things coming. Amazing. Okay, Toyosi, uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, look forward to discussing some of the more deeper topics in the main podcast. But it's uh, it's been great having you here in the studio with me. Thanks for having me, Harish. Amazing. Ciao.